Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at dcaureview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 53 of the DCAU Review. I am your host, Cal, and with me as he is every week is our other host, Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 53. Uh, we got another episode of the original Batman the Animated Series. We're here sticking sticking in the same DC, back to the DCA universe, back to where it all started. Oh yeah. And uh, we have an interesting one today. We have uh, for our 53rd edition of the DCA review, we have Appointment in Crime Alley, which uh, I can't remember seeing, I didn't remember seeing uh, too, too many times. Uh, I remembered some of the plot points uh, once we reviewed it, but it's been a while since I've seen this one, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised. What about you? Yeah, it's a really nice, simple story. Um, Reminded me a little bit of when we went back and watched It's Never Too Late, uh, almost uh, 32 episodes ago. Wow. Um, But that's sort of an episode that you didn't really see as much on, on Fox Kids when we were growing up, but... Uh, so we didn't really have any any real expectations for it. Obviously, you know it's it's not an episode that's featuring the Joker or the Penguin or anybody really memorable as a villain. So you, maybe it's not really high in your in your uh, you know your kid rankings of uh, of your favorite episodes. But watching it now, it's it's a really really interesting, uh, compelling story. Agreed. Uh, so we're dealing here, we're back to real world adult themes here. Oh, yeah. uh, we're dealing with a little bit of gentrification going yeah. on here. Uh, the plot, as we'll start with, uh, has Batman, uh, his yearly appointment in Crime Alley, thus the name. Uh, he is meeting up with, as we learn, is Dr. Leslie Tompkins, who, her first appearance here in the Batman animated series, she yeah. plays a big role going forward in this original DCAU uh, Batman animated series, but has some some pivotal roles to play down down the line. But we're introduced to her as a character, and uh, we learn that the evil Roland Daggett making a return. Heck yeah! Uh, c- coming back, he's purchased the famous Park Avenue or Park Row, as they referred to it, uh, which has turned into being called Crime Alley. Of course, Crime Alley, where Bruce's parents were murdered. Um, it, they don't right off the bat tell you, of course, we know, being Batman fans, most Batman yeah. fans would know that that's where his parents are killed, but we learn uh, through the episode, uh, they don't tell you right off the bat what this appointment is that Batman's keeping. Uh, t- we really don't see it till the very end of the episode, which is uh, a very poignant moment, but he's there to meet Leslie Tompkins as they go and uh, memorialize uh, Bruce's parents every single year in the meanwhile batman is a race against time although he's not quite aware yeah. of the of the the time constraints until the very very end uh, but uh, roland daggett has this subplot where he's decided that he's going to be easier for him to 
sort of uh, subvert the process of purchasing the place, uh, the land, and and fighting to develop it with the people that are currently living there and protesting, yeah. and just level the whole block and make it look like an accident, uh, and therefore he can move these people out, these uh, people who he later so eloquently says don't live like him or or value <laughs> or have values like they him. don't they don't value human life like we do I believe Oof, is the quote which man yeah there's a lot of uh, of that sort of subtext of not even necessarily a race so much as classism yep and uh, and it's again it's, it's this was made in nineteen you know nineteen ninety two to ninety three and it's pretty dang relevant yeah. to uh, to our modern times here ahead of the curve they were <laughs> yes so talking about like you know corporate you know corporations coming in and and developing uh, uh, low income areas and sort of chasing the uh, chasing the lower income residents out of the neighborhood uh, that's a real topic but to me it's one that uh, maybe unlike some of the episodes that we didn't like where they tackled those topics it's handled with a lot of care and mm-hmm. um now unfortunately there's not there's not a resolution no it's not like at the end bruce wayne uh buys, buys the <laughs> contract and says he's going to turn into you know very nice low income housing or something or uh, or anything so we don't get like a big uh, resolution other than that daggett is sort of foiled for the time being and he sort of, uh, you know, they sort of a live to fight another day moment at the end there. And yeah. there's something there to that, I guess, that basic idea of, like, Batman can't punch his way into fixing this problem. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, this this rich slime ball who's, you know, who's pretty much untouchable because of his lawyers, because of the influence he has in the city, uh, it, it, he can't arrest the guy at the end. He arrests his two lackeys, but... It's it's a little bit of uh, a little bit of hopelessness, but with the sort of the tiny silver lining of well, as long as there are you know good people like but like Leslie still there to fight the good fight, that maybe it's not it's not totally hopeless yet. Yeah, it's uh it it does kind of leave you with a not quite satisfying ending. It's satisfying, like you said, because Daggett's plan is is a foiled, but he still is purchasing the land he's still trying to develop it so you know that there's still going to be um some sort of he's still probably going to end up winning which is again has a little bit of a real world real world feel to it and yeah. the guys with the money are going to be the ones that ultimately uh win in this case but I, I i really really appreciated this episode the way it was paced was really done really well i feel that um you know, the, not having a main villain. So Batman himself isn't really in too much peril uh, throughout this, but there is some nice uh, interactions. Uh, he has a, you know, he has a, has a fight with a couple of thugs that are trying to threaten a woman to get her to move out of this building that they want to yeah. blow up. Nice of the villains to at least try and vacate <laughs> the bil- building uh, it, it, in the uh, initial stages, at least. Yeah. But uh, there's a nice, nice fight scene there, and then there's a sort of a high high stakes scene where Batman has to stop a runaway trolley. Uh, it's sort of, sort of a, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb type yeah. type situation for, for Batman. You know, he's trying to meet Leslie Tompkins. He's trying to, then he realizes Leslie's missing. He's trying to figure out what's going on with her, but he has this other stuff that he has to deal with at the same time. 
Um, but I, I think it's paced really well. It's done really interestingly. Um, I, I ranked the plot really, really high. To me, there was one hole in the plot, and that is when Bruce goes to Leslie's apartment to f- try and find her, he sort of, through happenstance, find, bumps into this homeless guy or guy resident that happened to see Leslie get kidnapped yeah and the guy's sort of doing some exposition outside of her window says that she's in trouble batman overhears this threatens him and he like he's just like his lines didn't make sense i wasn't there when they grabbed like what i wasn't there when i grabbed her right like it was just i didn't like that like i would much rather batman done you know search of a couple buildings or you know maybe just the guy sees batman and volunteers the information i don't know but i guess they were trying to establish that batman is still feared uh even by people that aren't necessarily criminals um but super strong otherwise uh, i gave a score of nine out of ten for this yeah i went i went pretty strong as well i went eight out of ten i think it's it's really really good and yeah, when I was first watching it, and there keeps being these sort of weird happenstance crimes that keeps interrupting Batman, I kind of thought of that as a negative at first, but mm-hmm. it's... Well, it's one, it serves a plot in that he can't just immediately go <laughs> and find Leslie. Like right. he's, But it's also, it's like, that's kind of the entire point, was that uh, they make a point in the, in the first scene or whatever of him saying, um, we're... Uh, or uh, Alfred says, like, oh, you don't want to be late, and he, and Bruce says, I'm never late, and that's kind of the whole point is, right. because he's a little bit late, Leslie goes to look for him, and Leslie gets captured because of that, so the whole point is, that's sort of the entire plot, is that he's late, and then he's trying to get back there, and he's trying to get back, but... These well, crises the, keep uh, springing up around him. And the irony is is that he, you find out in the very last scene he's going to lay these two roses to memorialize his parents, um, which is a cool because we see it. He continues that tradition all the way up through Batman yeah. Beyond. Uh, in the Shriek episode, we see him going to Crime Alley to yeah. continue that tradition. But, uh, you know, the, the whole point is he's memorial, more memorializing his parents, but he memorializes them every night when he puts on the cow because yeah. he's there to, re, you know, to avenge their death, to fight crime. So his whole point of being Batman and doing what he does is to memorialize the death of his parents, to honor his parents and what he does. So he's really doing and fulfilling that by putting others in front of him anyway. So, you know, you have this hero type thing where he puts, you know, he's putting their needs ahead of him. So, yeah, I thought that was poetic in, in doing that. So, yeah, high scores on both of us for definitely. For All right, man, let's move on to animation, shall we? Um, give me your initial thoughts on this episode. So there's not... There, like we said, there's these sort of it's intercut with these uh, few different action beats of him stopping the trolley. He has to deal with a hostage situation, but overall, there's not like a ton of action. There's one scene at the beginning where he sort of uh, goes up to defend this uh, mother and her child from these uh, these thugs that are trying to get her to leave the building. But there's not a lot of like traditional superhero action in this episode. It's a lot of him just looking for Leslie and drive. There's a lot of him driving the Batmobile. This is maybe the most Batmobile heavy episode. True. Uh, that we've reviewed to date here. Um, but 
I, but I so like. Did that, you think that was to its detriment? No, not necessarily, because the story is so personal and so small mm-hmm. in that way. It kind of works to its advantage. You know, there are you still get you know enough. You know, he still punches the bad guys and and swings around and drives the Batmobile. But it's it it's definitely. Uh, a lot of him looking for Leslie. That I do really like the scene where, uh, for the most part, where he goes to her apartment and looks through the the memories folder and the and just there's a lot of shadow. So Batman looks pretty cool and, mm-hmm. and like the lights are out in almost every building he goes to. So it's a lot of the you know the the just the highlight colors on his on his cape are kind of visual in his eyes and yep. a lot of shadows over his face so batman looks cool and it's sort of that episode again this this sort of you know this dark avenger sort of slinking through this rundown neighborhood it's it's a pretty a pretty interesting visual uh, backdrop i think for for the whole episode yeah i, w- I would agree i think that you mentioned that opening scene um, or that initial action scene, I guess, where Batman versus the thugs that are trying to evict uh, this mother and her daughter, and uh, he, you know, the light goes out, and you sort of just see backlighting for the guys. It's all you know, white eyes and teeth, yeah, and a lot. Bat- like you said, Batman looks cool, um, but even in the, even driving the Batmobile, I thought Batman. This may be the the first episode where I felt like he's been on model for the entire episode. He hmm. looked really really cool. Um, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne did not have nipples. I we, I did learn <laughs> that in this episode as the, as the opening scene is Bruce working out and looking quite buff uh while watching roland daggett speak on television but uh but you know bruce looks cool um you know the the two main thugs uh you know have a unique look about them um but still fit into the dcau i think Mm -hmm. um and and the batmobile the batmobile like you said really is a star here does a lot a lot of great animation a lot of cool things we learn about the batmobile um apparently it doesn't have brake system that's what we found out batman doesn't believe in the brakes he believes (laughs) in two speeds fast and faster um and especially through through highly populated neighborhoods yes uh, he, several times he almost hits somebody or has to break suddenly or use the grappling hook to turn. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think the, the the Batmobile looks cool. I think that whole scene where the Batmobile has to stop the the, the tr- runaway trolley is is awesome. Um, and, you know, even, even some of the, like I said, even the action scene. So I went ahead and gave this a 10 out of 10 wow. for visuals. What about you? Yeah, I was uh, I was eight out of ten. I thought it was really really good. Um, there's nothing that really stands out to me as far as what I would have done better. But it's you know like like we always say we try to go with our, our first instincts on score. Sure. I did I did really uh, enjoy it for the most part. There the ending uh, the ending of the episode is uh, you know Batman and Leslie sort of just talking and Batman puts the roses down and sort of, uh, you know, drops to his knees and, and Leslie is sort of there comforting him. I thought that was a pretty perfect way. And then it sort of fades into the photo that they had shown earlier of Leslie comforting uh, young Bruce at the at the scene of of the Wayne murders. And it, it, it's really, really effective. And it, yeah, it's not really, they really didn't, well. Uh, unlike, uh, you know, we've talked about certain episodes or certain movies we reviewed, maybe are a little too exposition heavy. Sure. This episode found a way to do all you needed to do to explain who Leslie Tompkins is, what her relationship is to Bruce, the fact that she knows that he's Batman, all of that in a very short amount of time, 
and it didn't feel like crammed or forced. It felt it felt very natural, and a lot of it was v- all visual because it's Bruce yeah. looking through this memory book of cutout clippings. It yeah. gave you backstory on who Leslie Tompkins was, like you said. It gave you why she's the leader of this this neighborhood and and the movement to tr- sort of revitalize and save the and preserve the neighborhood, uh, and and not to allow the gentrification to happen. Um, and that's all all detailed. Uh, in that memory book and all yeah. done done silently it's 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 really interesting yeah and, and then when they when they do speak to each other at the end it feels very natural and it feels like people that have known each other for years and years so but yeah the the visual component of that especially i thought of 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 that ending of of him of him putting the roses down and them sort of embracing and and then the the uh the the pan into the the picture that we had seen earlier i thought that was really really well done yeah it's it's got a lot of great visuals and i mean clearly we've we've already ranked the top two things here pretty high so um you know it's 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 very very solid and um you know i i i think that uh maybe it was because i was pleasantly surprised but you don't even have a a cartoon a super cartoonish outlandish batman rogue in this no roland daggett is the villain but it's really batman driving the Batmobile most of the time. Yeah. And, and it's, it's great that, to see and a testament to the series and how they were able to make that visually stand out. All right, Liam, let's move on to our music next. Um, another one I was surprised by. <laughs> yeah, this is... The music in this is excellent, I thought. They developed their own sort of theme for mm-hmm. this this sole episode. Yeah, there's for the more sort of sorrowful moments or the, the quieter moments... There's a very soft theme that plays, and for some of the more the action beats, especially when he's stopping the trolley in the in the Batmobile or or fighting the thug, it sort of ramps up, and it like it, it felt like this soundtrack, even though there's not. Again, we talked about this in the past. The the traditional like, oh my gosh, this theme, not you know, not necessarily like the last laugh or something, sure. but where it's so super recognizable. But the music, it pulls back when it needs to, mm-hmm. and it swells when it needs to. It adds where it needs to add, but it's not there so much that it's overbearing, which is really all you can ask from a soundtrack. Again, especially if you're not doing the, you know, you don't necessarily have a traditional villain theme to play or anything like that. So I gave music 9 out of 10. I think it's really, really solid and really adds a lot to the emotion. You know, the scene we mentioned earlier is Batman's looking through the, the scrapbook of of newspaper clippings and everything and it's it's just really added to that the sort of the sorrow and the and the the sadness of both batman personally and sort of this this park row crime alley area as a whole yeah i i uh i couldn't agree with you more i i i didn't think there was anything more that this episode could do as far as music was concerned so i gave it a 10 out of 10 there you go um yeah the the theme is theme is like you said it's not one that you will remember right off the top of your head like the forgotten or or uh, the last laugh Mm -hmm. but it it adds such a a, it adds to the atmosphere of the episode i i I don't there's no other way to put it It, you know yeah you're building the story of batman kind of racing against time and he's unaware of it but there's still sort of a race to get to where he wants to go and it's a little bit you know, there's a little bit of tragedy to it with the area that it that it's in and being in this low income and these people that are clearly just trying to make ends meet. And, 
this douchebag is trying to blow up their house so that he can put a strip mall in yeah. or whatever. Um, so I, I, I loved it, and I, th- I think the music in that very last scene also it just it adds it adds perfect atmosphere yeah. to it. I, atmosphere, I think, is the word that I would use for this definitely for this episode. Uh, so ten out of ten for me. All right, last but not least, Liam, voice cast. Uh, we have a couple of returning characters. Uh, you have your a couple of your old favorites, and then a co- and then a uh, Leslie Tompkins obviously is a new character introduced here, uh, and then one very surprising uh, one that we <laughs> didn't recognize, uh, but we will recognize the name. So let's uh, let's talk about our our uh, cast this week. Yeah, it was uh, it's, as far as the main cast, it's just Batman and Alfred. Mm-hmm. Um, so just Kevin Conroy and Ephraim uh, Zemblis Jr. And Kevin Conroy is uh, fantastic in this episode. Oh, he's tremendous. He's probably again this week is doing more dialogue than almost anybody else. Mm-hmm. So. And having to go through, again, the different emotions, the sorrow of what happened, the sort of more traditional Batman dialogue when he's interrogating the thugs, and then uh, sort of, again, that ending with uh, with Leslie, he is, uh, you know, speaking as now he's kind of reverted back into the, you know, the kid who lost his parents in that alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, just tremendous job by Kevin Conroy. Not, not breaking news, we know, we always say that, <laughs> but... Yeah, he's really uh, especially good. in this episode, he is he is fantastic. Um, as far as our guest cast goes, we of course we have the returning Ed Asner as legend. A, the living legend uh, as Roland Daggett. Um, of course, not his most famous DCAU role, nope. But uh, still a uh, still a good job. He's a good, like slimy, uh, you know, corporate uh, businessman. Yeah, like, he's a good evil evil overlord type. Uh, and we talked about the first episode, and then definitely the Clayface episode that he was featured in. That you know, this was a character that was created for this series. Yeah, and he he epitomizes that character. Like mm-hmm. he, he does a great job. You know, he plays that character to a T. He does yeah. exactly what they needed him to be. Like you said, slimy businessman. Yeah, and as at the end of the episode, sort of, he gets to uh, just you know disavow any knowledge of this plot to blow up uh, all these buildings and. <laughs> You know, tells the cops just I'll take these thugs away, and sort of gets in his uh, limo and drives away. As Batman sort of stands there, shaking his fist, and mm-hmm. it's it's real. Again, there's that slime of that of the untouchable rich guy um, is real. It's real. It's real. Uh, it's it's almost frustrating as a viewer because you just want to see Batman break his legs, right? And he can't. <laughs> yep. So that's and that's that's really well done, especially uh, thanks to uh, Mr. Asner's performance there uh, as far as the rest of the cast we have a uh, diana moldar or Mulder. i'm not exactly sure how you pronounce her her last name but as uh, as dr leslie tompkins uh just kind of a, a a general character actor she was on a lot of television uh, did a lot of uh, tv work in the 70s and 80s including the uh the old uh, bill bixby hulk series oh, at nice. one point she was on a couple episodes of that so crossover. <laughs> yes yes absolutely crossover star so uh, she's uh, she does a good job as as Leslie. Her voice is a little monotone. Uh, yeah, agreed. Um, but it doesn't. I don't think it hurts that much because her role is sort of be this sort of no nonsense. She's a grandmother. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a good word for it. Um, and 
and she fulfills that role well. And again, the the interactions with her and and Kevin Conroy at the end. Speaking are... of, it's weird if you've ever. I know you're not. You haven't. You haven't dipped your toe into the Gotham fandom yet. I watched like three episodes of it once. <laughs> it's very weird the contrast between that portrayal of Leslie Tompkins and this portrayal of Leslie Tompkins. Uh-huh. The Leslie Tompkins of Gotham is sort of like a um, vixen, if you will, hmm. or you know a. Um, uh, she's attractive lady, uh-huh. and she is portrayed that way. And here, she's a grandmother. Yeah, <laughs> it's very—it's a very odd, stark contrast. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I she's fine. Yeah, she—I mean, it's—it's it's memorable because she plays. There's several episodes down the road where she plays an important part, as we mentioned. Yeah. Um. So it, her voice, you know, is, is sort of iconic in that way, and that she plays a. You know, you remember that voice form when you were growing up. Absolutely. Um, as far as we're rounding out the cast, we have uh, David Lander as Nitro, the sort of bombs expert who's just he, playing. He single-handedly brought the score down for me. <laughs> I did not like this guy's... This, this, he's not great. He, 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 I get it, he's playing a henchman, but he's playing, like, henchman number five. Like, yeah. That is, he's like, all right, do a henchman voice. Yes. It's, it's real, bad. you know, trying to play, like, the sleazy... Uh, bombs specialist. Or he's whatever. also got like a fake Brooklyn accent on yes. top of it. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Um, yeah, he's not, he's not very good. And then rounding out the uh, the the cast here, uh, we wanted to mention this one, of course. Uh, playing Crocker, the other sort of a uh, thug uh, of uh, of Roland Daggett's employee, uh, was played by one Jeffrey Tambor. Go figure. Uh, I'm Oscar.com. Yes, George Sr. slash Oscar Bluth on uh, on the legendary Arrested Development series. Uh, we love him for we love him for that character. Yes. We're not gonna go into no. his, his personal Not not <laughs> liking his acting does not equal endorsement of personal things that he's done. Also, even maybe even more famous for his role in Muppets in Space. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag please load weapon. Woo! And if you got that joke, that's a reference. You, that's a deep cut. That that's is a, a very deep cut. That please is load a reference weapon. right there. Muppets in space. That's right. That's a, that's a classic from our childhood. Absolutely. Uh, yes, Jeffrey Tambor. Go figure. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I thought, uh, like I said, uh, if it wasn't for Mr. Nitro, I would have had a perfect score for voice acting. I thought it was very strong. Uh, we talked about Kevin Conroy's performance. Everybody else plays their roles and does a really great job. Um, I went ahead and gave it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, and I'm right around there. I gave it an 8 out of 10. It's yeah. it's really good. I would agree that Nitro is, is bad. <laughs> and it's rare that we have one that we will just straight up say is bad. Yeah. As far as voice performances. And that speaks to the strengths and the incredible ability that Andrea Romano had as a as a voice caster, as a voice director of not, not only finding people to play these roles, but also generally of... Uh, you know, Being direct, able to... right? Direct getting getting these types of performances yeah. out of them for the most part. So a very rare, you know, maybe she bats you know nine ninety seven right. instead of a perfect thousand, but that's, <laughs> that's 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 all right. You that's... can only work with the clay that you have, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll put this one, but based on based on her track record, I would put the blame more on the individual actor than on the uh, anyone uh, sure. you know, giving him direction or whoever cast him. So. 
All right. Well, perfect. Uh, I think that will bring us to our final scores. Um, totaling mine up, Liam, I end up with a score of 38 out of 40, which is good enough to put it probably definitely in top 10, if not in top 5, highest scores, which is hilarious because we always say it. It's funny that these episodes of the Batman the Animated Series <laughs> so far, this one, it's never too late. Um, the ones that seem to not necessarily star the classic Batman rogues end up with yeah. a higher score. What yeah. about you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm right in that same ballpark. I went with uh, 33 out of 40. Okay. It's very, very good. And I guess we can, as we're wrapping up here, can talk about rewatchability. Because in some ways, as far as like importance to the overall Batman series, it's not nope. super important. So if, you're o- if you only want to watch the... The big landmark episodes, you can probably skip this one. Yep. But if you're looking for just a story, uh, like if you just want a good Batman story that really focuses on, you know, who Batman is, why he is the way he is, and the people who helped sort of shape his worldview, mm-hmm. I think this is one of the better episodes for that type of story. I, I concur. I, I would also say if you. You just want to watch essentially what a Batman comic would be if you animated it. A, a comic that didn't revolve around one of his classic rogues. Yeah. This reminded me of It's a Comic Book Come to Life. This yeah. is a very comic booky story. Batman's in a rush to get someplace, diverted a couple different times. The subplot is there. And then at the end, you, you kind of get the reveal as to what he was on, on his way to do. Yeah, this uh, definitely feels like it could be out of like the... the Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams era. For like sure. The 70s, uh, early 80s Batman tale. It, it's it's excellent. Uh, like, I, I would I would concur with you. It's not a, it's not a must-watch if you're just watching the tent poles, but if you're watching through, don't skip it. Don't be, don't be turned off by the title. Don't be turned yeah. off by the fact that there's not a major villain in it. Um, those seem to be, be the ones, actually, that, that we're recommending, just yeah. like It's Never Too Late. Um, be interested once we get down to some of the paging the crime doctor. Oh yeah, some of those other ones. I am the night. I am the night. That, yeah. yeah, that that uh, th- those I remember not necessarily liking as a child. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we don't get the nostalgia feels from them, but being able to appreciate them as adults, which is why, of course, we're doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and this podcast, as we talked about before, absolutely, we're not, we don't have to sell this pod- this show <laughs> to you. If you're listening to this, you like this show, but right. um, that's why we love the show. All right, Liam, uh, that will start wrapping us up. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Don't forget, give us a subscription uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Google Podcasts, whether it's iTunes. Uh, I'm sure there are some other ones out there that are carrying our podcast because we're on we're on the Google. Uh, so thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, if you're on iTunes and you listen to us there, we love a five-star review. Uh, as we always say, it could be a little bit of a hassle, but it helps us a lot. It helps Absolutely. us get some more ears on the product, uh, which we would love to do. Liam, where can the good people hear from us and interact with us if they'd like to? Uh, definitely head to twitter.com. At uh, DCAU Review is our Twitter handle. You can uh, find us there. We'll always post the new episodes the uh, the same morning they ca- come out, usually right at 10 a.m., which is when the, when the episodes drop every week. And uh, definitely always like to interact about the specific episodes that we are reviewing. Yep. But also, just any general thoughts, we try to retweet and like, and and uh, you know, we'll talk about different uh, the different shows, the different uh, products, some of the other videos or podcasts that are focused on these these cartoons that come out 
love getting a chance to talk to anybody who wants to talk to us about <laughs> uh, about this stuff. Obviously, we've been talking for 30 minutes here. We, uh, <laughs> we will talk about this stuff with anybody. So this is if, true. If, you're, uh, if you uh, want to, again, if you have suggestions on what we should review in the future, if you have uh, thoughts on episodes we've already reviewed, definitely feel free to uh, tweet me at DCAUReview. That's right. Coming up, uh, coming up next month. We already are working on what our plan is. We'll reveal that in the next couple of weeks. Make sure you know, pay close attention to that Twitter. Also, uh, thank you everybody for listening. I am Cal, and I'm Liam, and we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye bye. <laughs>